So this morning, I would like uh, to be able to circle back uh, to one of the four practices that uh, Duran has been talking about in the Unhurried uh, Life series. Um, I want to talk specifically about developing a daily quiet time under the heading practicing silence and solitude. In fact, I would probably go to say probably slowing down like we heard last week. This all really fits into this theme. Um, I confess a couple things to you before I get into the message. Um, first of all, I confess that this morning, most likely, there's lots of things in your mind. Um, and you're dealing and processing things that are pertinent to your particular life. And um, we all, just as during the talk about living in certain times. Um, and so I just recognize that. So I'm trusting that in my delivery that somehow uh, the truth of what I'm saying will land. And I'm trusting the Holy Spirit for that. Secondly, I confess that in presenting a talk to you about a quiet time, it's like washing your hands. It's like exercising and dieting, flossing your teeth, brushing your teeth, because we all know the benefits of doing those things. And I would venture to say that even though we know the benefits, in fact, right now, let's speak into it. We're been told that we must wash our hands and for 20 seconds we need to be making sure, and you've probably seen things on, on TV about what you need to be doing, what the surgeons do. I saw really, I saw a Jordy in the first service just going lathering his hands, and I just said, oh, what a great example of washing your hands. We know about that. We've been told that even before uh, the virus has hit us that we must wash our hands. That's a good way to uh, not spread germs. I'm not going to ask anybody to put their hand up or even point to anybody because I have to point to myself. Do I necessarily do what I've been told to do in regards to that? I would venture to say that most of us make our choices about whether we want to do that and if it's convenient for us. But is it actually a practice that we actually inter uh, do every day? Because... Until life circumstances cause us to make space in our lives, we don't do it. That's just the reality. Unless there's circumstances in our lives, whatever practice we might be doing in our life, physical exercise, as I say, um, dieting, if we need to be doing those kinds of things, we need something to motivate us. So, Another confession I have is that as I stand here delivering this message on developing a daily quiet time, I want to confess to you that this is a work in progress for me. I have not arrived. However, I would say that I've been uh, finding in this last number of years that this area of daily quiet time has been working for me more than previous years. In fact, I would say, if I go back to my teenage years, I mean, I, ra I was raised in a Christian environment. Um, my parents went to church. Uh, they were strong, active believers. Uh, I had a very healthy youth group. And I would be hearing talks on daily quiet time, or just quiet time. I'd be hearing talks on that. And I just, by nature as a teenager, was not a disciplined person. 
I, when I think about um, soccer, I was a soccer player. Did I practice? When I, when, I, when I was not out of practice, did I practice on my own? Yeah. Um, I think about my studies. I was not a studious student. I did not uh, do my homework unless I was told. I took the least path of resistance in my studies as, as a teenager, as some, even to my young adult years. And when it came uh, to practicing my guitar, now I obviously love playing guitar, but I did not practice very much. I, had, I played by ear, so that was kind of a lazy way of just kind of doing it. But I just wanted to play the chords. Did I want to learn theory? Did I want to learn about, uh, did I want to learn scales? Oh, scales just did not interest me at all. But, and I, but I, told, I was told by my parents, by my teachers, you should study. You should study more <laughs> than you're studying now. Um, uh, when it came to soccer, you, uh, coaches were telling me, you need to practice. Not just come to practice to practice, but you need to practice on your own and work through the skills that you've been learning. And when it came to guitar, if you want to be a better guitar player, um, you need to actually work on it. So I have in the back of my mind um, what it was like for me in my youth and how challenging it was for me to actually bring any consistency into my life let alone to have a quiet time. But I managed to turn the corner on that when I discovered the value that when something becomes really important to me, my behavior changes. I'm going to repeat that again. When I discovered that when I value something that is important to me, my behavior changes, and I create space to what I love. I love Jesus, and I value that relationship. And that love and that value motivates me to want to do something about carving out time in my daily walk to be able to actually hear him and speak to him. I want to share with one little story with you um, that I thought was really a game changer for me. And I'll just try to, because it's a story I love to tell because it really did actually uh, really thrust me forward in terms of developing a quiet time. Uh, when the kids were probably 7, 9, and 11, I think that's about, we were, one of our trips was down the Oregon coast. And um, we were heading toward, I believe, Northern California. And one of the things that kept our kids, Paul, Kevin, and Jason, quiet was uh, putting on Adventures in Odyssey in cassette form. That's how far we go back, okay? And so we, as long as, the, as long as those cassettes were in the player and we in our Aerostore van, I can remember it now, we're driving down, the kids would be quiet. But the minute that they... The tape ended, and we didn't have any new, uh, new tapes to put in. You know, they just be kind of at each other. And uh, so, uh, in desperation, um, we, we had to figure out where we're going to get some new Adventure Odyssey tapes. That's what we did. That was our kind of our goal. And as I was heading down south in the I-5, we saw in the corner of our eye um, a outlet store, uh, outlet mall, and 
we went into that mall, and I believe, I think we also saw that there was a Christian bookstore in that outlet mall. I think that's what motivated us. So we, we quickly went in there, and my whole purpose in going in that Christian bookstore was to find the latest Adventures in Odyssey, because we had to go further south, and we also had to come home. So there was some desperation in our, um, in our plan. When I was in that store, I was searching around, and they didn't have anything new. But in the process of looking for Adventures in Odyssey, I discovered this little booklet called 31 Days of Praise and Wisdom. It was just a little booklet, and all it had in it was um, Psalms from 1 to 150, and then 31 Days in Proverbs. And what it did is it basically allowed me to, if I really wanted to do this, was to basically read through the Psalms in one month and read through Proverbs in one month. And I just love Psalms. I love Proverbs. I hadn't got to the point where I had really consistently built into my life this consistency, but what I found myself doing was that when I started reading this on my own, now we're back home, and I'm starting to read, I'm beginning to find these verses just leap out of me from the Psalms um, and the honesty of, of, of the writers and just how they were landing for me. And so what I found myself doing was I found myself actually coming back the next month and reading again, and these same verses would be coming out. And I was really sensing God speaking to me. And so these verses became very real to me <clears throat> to the point where um, I began to memorize them. And then that memorization turned into a daily playlist of sorts for me. And so what I did is I just, that was my way of containing this, my way of being able to actually start to hear God through these and be consistent with it. And I believe what the traction was for me and what made the difference and what really was the game changer in going from a regular to a daily is I really looked forward to God speaking to me. That was the game changer for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, I wanted to share that with you because I really believe that for us to go forward in our daily quiet time, if we're going to develop that, we're going to work toward that, we really need to have traction in saying, hey, I'm coming in. I want to listen to God. I want to hear from Him. So with that, I want to just ask, answer or really address three questions today. What is a quiet time? Why a daily quiet time and how to practice a quiet time? So, let's just talk about really uh, briefly what is a quiet time. Nothing, there's nothing uh, too tricky about this. <laughs> this is simply a quiet time is a spiritual practice where you set aside to be alone with God and to get to know Him through reading the Bible and prayer. That is what a quiet time is. No, nothing magical about that. A quiet time is a colloquial term. I don't believe you'll find a quiet time in scriptures. But what you'll find is examples of folks who um, practiced something where they, were, where they removed themselves from distraction and they spent time engaging, pressing in, practicing God's presence. King David speaks of this practice in Psalm 5, five verse 3. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice, in the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Isaiah also speaks of this practice. In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, the sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word 
that sustains the weary. And, King Dave, and, and also Jesus also illustrates this practice. Matthew 14, verse 23. After he dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone there. Jesus also taught about the spiritual practice. Verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who uh, sees what is done in secret will reward you. So we have some, some scriptures that support it. Um, does it say at a quiet time? I think what we need to go understand going forward in this message is that it is a time in your life where you're carving out silence, where you're carving out to slow down and to engage with God. So why have a daily quiet time? Why am I advocating a daily quiet time? Why isn't coming to hear a sermon on Sunday enough? Why isn't hearing a podcast from your favorite speaker or reading or listening to an audiobook sufficient? Why a daily quiet time? Well, I have three illustrations that I trust can maybe help us answer that question. The first illustration is relationship. I want to tell you today that um, next week, Dorothy and I will be celebrating our 40 years together. Amazing. Thank you. I hope Dorothy's, Dorothy's in the nursery. I hope she's hearing that. <laughs> 41 years ago, approximately, we started to date and we fell in love. And as we've worked through these 40 years, I don't believe that I could be standing up here today and saying about how much I love her, how much she loves me, or about how much I know her and she knows me, if I or she decided just to periodically check in. How you doing, Bill? You know, one week later, how you doing, Bill? Or how you doing, Dorothy? I, you know, we know that that doesn't work. We know that as I look out in his relationships, his friendships, uh, with any kind of relationship, it takes work. So the love that we have for each other required us to be intentional about carving time out. Now, in your busyness of parenting or in your work career, there's always going to be things that are going to require you to make choices about carving time out for a loved one. And it's no different when it comes to your relationship with Jesus. No different. Because the whole Bible from Genesis through to Revelation is God speaking into our lives about how much he wants a relationship with us. I love what Nikki Gumbel, um, who created Alpha, um, he says this in his um, talk on why and how we read the Bible. He says, God's desire is that we should live in relationship with him. He wants to speak in, to us daily through his word. So as well as being a, a manual for life, the Bible is a love letter. I love that. The Bible is a love letter. And the main point of the Bible is to show how to enter into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So my first illustration of why 
It's about building a relationship, much like we build a relationship with a, with a, a spouse, with a friend, with someone that you care for. The second illustration I'm taking from a, uh, a, a golf scenario that I need to tell. Now, I'm a, I'm a wannabe golfer. Um, it's a work in progress, like everything else in my life. But I thought, and I th- this whole idea of alignment really makes sense to me because I'm a golfer, but it can make sense into anything else where we're trying to take something and put it together. But here's where I believe the golf analogy might just help us a bit in where I'm going with this. So bear with me if you're not a golfer. So what it is, is that this really came home to me uh, last fall. I've always had, one of my biggest issues in golfing is alignment. And that is that I think I'm in the right direction. So if that is the, if that's the hole over there and I'm lining up, I want to make sure that my ball goes in that direction. So last fall, I was uh, about 100 yards out. So this is what they call an approach shot. Approach shot about 100 yards out from the green. And I take my, I get my stance, and I'm thinking that I'm actually in the direction I want to hit that ball to the hole. I hit it. it go, the trajectory was beautiful. It just flies up. It lands about 50 yards away from the hole. So what does that say? Somehow, my, I thought my alignment was good. I thought it was doing all the right things, and, but my ball went so far to the, to the right that I had to, to really assess, well, what do I need to do to fix that? Why I'm saying that, and why that I think analogy might help us, is that when it comes to why we have a daily quiet time, it's like we need daily to align ourselves with the truth of God's Word. That, in a culture where we are being told day in and day out about independence from God, where faith isn't affirmed, the faith is actually discouraged, or at least you're, you know, you do your thing, I'll do mine, where culture is just so anti-faith, we are culturally immersed in that every single day to the point that by the time Sunday comes, yeah, we got a message that we're hearing, but actually some of our, some of our alignment can be off. And some of us can be actually discouraged. Some of us can start believing truths or, or, or sorry, uh, uh, ideologies that we begin to think, oh, is that true or not? I don't know. And so what I believe by engaging in Scripture, by engaging with God and hearing from God in prayer, what we're doing is we're aligning ourselves. Because, and, this, and in this day and age, right now, where we're, where we're sitting with this particular um, coronavirus that is impacting the whole world, this is a time where faith is really tested. And this is a time, if you're any time, it might be a good opportunity for you to say, hey, you know what? At this time, I really do need to engage with God. I may be facing a situation right now in my life where my career or my schooling is not the trajectory I wanted it. I'm now in a different trajectory, and I need to blind myself with what I know to be as true. The reason for having a daily quiet time is so we can align ourselves to God's values, God's will for our lives, God's promises, and God's faithfulness. Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2 says, My soul finds rest in God alone, my salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and salvation. He is my fortress. 
I will not be shaken. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Alignment. Something that we need to consider when we're thinking about why we have a daily quiet time and whether it's taking five minutes, whether it's taking... I, I, time is something that I think we all have to sort of look at and say, how do we work that into our life? But being able to do that just brings you into alignment with what God is saying because his character never changes. He is faithful, always faithful. The third illustration I want to just bring to our attention is physical exercise. So we, I, most, I mentioned earlier on in, in our talk about this, uh, some of the things that we know to be true, know to be um, things that we need to be doing and practicing in our life. And the evidence for um, physical exercise is overwhelming. We just know that our bodies love it when we exercise. Uh, we know that physical exercise is not just good for our health, physical health, but for our mental and emotional health. Exercise does require discipline. Yeah, it's discipline. But it has tremendous value when we are creating space in our life for that physical exercise. I find as I'm getting older, um, I have been, uh, have a fairly weekly routine of working out, but I have found in recent uh, months, uh, because my joints are getting stiffer, uh, as a reality of getting older, that I actually need to do something every day. Uh, so I've, I've got some, do some stretching now. So between my workouts, I do stretching in the morning. And I'm finding that actually, it actually works. It actually is doing something. So I'm seeing something right now that's benefiting me from taking that choice. But I love what um, Pastor Arthur Stan, Andy Stanley says. It's always stuck, stuck with me when I heard this, this quote. There is cumulative value to investing small amounts of time over a long period. Let me read that again. There is cumulative value to invest in small amounts of time over a long period. And this, nothing, I think physical exercise is one of those great uh, illustrations because when you start to do a workout or just whatever you're doing, you don't necessarily see that right away. But you're trusting that when you do that physical exercise, that something's going good in your body. Something's happened that's good, but you don't necessarily see that right away. And that's what he speaks about, the cumulative value. By doing something in small amounts over a period of time, you're going to see a difference. It's just, it's X, one plus one equals two. That's what it comes down to when it comes to physical exercise. Now, when it comes to daily quiet time, I believe it's the same. I believe that by just spending, and I'm, gonna put a, I'm not going to put a time limit on, but some amount of time daily in your uh, discipline yourself uh, to have a great daily quiet time, it's going to transform your inner life. You don't necessarily see it right now at this moment, but it's going to make a difference down the road. I can testify to that. I can testify to that. So, and I want to just read one scripture uh, before I go on. Um, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, and training in righteousness. That's a great uh, uh, verse from 2 Timothy 3.16. And hearing from God through his word and praying daily will have this effect on us that we'll be able to um, be corrected, be able to get ourselves in alignment again 
if we need to be. And we need to be able to trust him for that. So I want to now move into my last few minutes together. I want to move into the how. I've, I'll, I've presented a, uh, the what. I've, I've hopefully argued for the how, why. And now I want to move into the how. Hopefully this will land for you the way that I'm hoping to. Before I just quit there, I want to quickly uh, I respond to the question of when. So when should you have a quiet time? Well, there's evidence in Scripture about the morning. There's nothing to say that the morning is the only time. This is where you need to be thinking about what works for you. If you're saying, Bill, I really, I like this, what you're saying. I'm getting it. I get the why. Uh, but when can I fit this into my schedule on a daily basis? Uh, this is something that I think is the work in progress, and it's the creativity that God's given you. I'm suggesting that you just find the time. Now, I'll give you some examples of what I've done in my, my career, because I haven't always been in, as a pastor. Um, for, for prior to this, I was in 12 years in, in, um, uh, in social services, employment services, and I was traveling to North Vancouver, and I was traveling to another office in Langley, and so on my uh, trips to North Vancouver, I, I had to get up early enough to get the train in order for me to get to my work. So I took the opportunity on the West Coast Express to have that quiet time. If you've ever traveled on the, uh, the, on the, on the uh, West Coast Express, uh, there's a code of silence. Uh, you don't, you're not going to be bothered. The person next to you is going to have his earbuds in or her earbuds in, and you're not going to have to be worrying about someone disturbing you or someone talking too loud. So I found that to work for me when I was in that, uh, that sort of stage or season of my life. When I was out going out to Langley, I said to myself, well, again, I had to leave early enough, so I just barely got enough time to get up, have breakfast, have a shower, and then off. And so what I did is I went um, to... Um, very close to work, there was a park. So I took my car, I just parked there, and I just spent a few moments, as much as I could, and engaged with God. Had some, had some uh, scripture to read, which I'll get to in a moment, and then I went to work. But again, I was really intentionally trying to find that, that creative, that space to be able to do that. So I'm going to leave that with you, but I want to just again say that if you're thinking morning is the only time and you're not a morning person, just find whatever works. But just, again, as Nike says, do it. That's what I'm saying, do it. Okay, so some, practical pra uh, some practices that I've implemented in, in my quiet time that I think I can pass on to you. First of all, determine a time in the day when there's the least amount of distractions. Determine a time in the day when there's the least amount of distractions. Oh, that's quiet. That's what you're looking for. So, where that's going to be, I don't know. I told you some examples I have. Well, I'm at home now, and my, our kids are, are growing, and I, I, I have wonderful times of silence in my, my home, in my green chair, with my cup of coffee every morning. That's my place. That's where I go. That's where I know there's the least amount of distractions for me. If I try to do that in the evening, I know for a fact it wouldn't work for me personally. There's too many things that could possibly take me um, in a different direction. Too many distractions. Remember, the key thing is the least amount of distra distractions. Secondly, um, I want to suggest to you that you structure your quiet time. 
And the way that that can help by structuring, I mean finding something that leaves, gives you an outline, a guide to which you can engage God with. So I'm in here suggesting a devotional guide of some sort. And there are so many out there. Um, we have a daily bread that's available for folks. Um, there's the U Bible. There, you can go online and you can find lots of, different, um, op- uh, lots of different resources. But what I'm wanting you to suggest to you is this, that when you're doing it, it gives you, the journal or the guide gives you um, an opportunity to sort of um, go through uh, in a more systematic way a reading. Because when you start, the Bible's, you know, from, there's a lot of pages in there, a lot of, ch- a lot of books. So where do you start? So I, myself, have found a particular resource called uh, Scripture Union of Canada Produces an Encounter with God. And I've been doing this for years. And what this does is it gives me um, an opportunity to go through literally the Bible in four years. Uh, and, but it does it in a creative way. It does it so that, like, so for right now, I'm in Genesis. Uh, I've just done two weeks in Genesis. And next week, I'm going to First Thessalonians. So that they break it up enough so it doesn't become too, too, um, I'm not going to say, maybe it, it becomes a little bit repetitive or boring for you. It kind of breaks things up. I found that to be really helpful. Um, the, um, what I also have been doing, and I really, I'm going to go through this exercise when we finish off today, is by asking some questions um, of what I'm reading. So before I get to the, to, the, to the actual devotion of what the contributing writer is saying, I'm asking three questions. I'm asking, what does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? In other words, I'm observing, I'm interpreting, and I'm applying. That has really helped me to engage more than just reading from a commentary or reading from a, what a writer or someone else's opinion is on a particular uh, passage. It allows me to really hear from God what he's saying to me specifically for that particular passage I'm reading. After pondering the questions, I go back to the devotional guide to hear what a writer's saying. It provides a framework for me and it really helps by going back to really helps me to interpret. If I have a question and I'm not really sure what that particular passage is saying, what it really means, I can be able to say, hey, that's, that's, a, that's really helpful to be able to bring a context to that particular reading. Thirdly, when it comes to prayer, I follow a simple acrostic called Acts. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. This is where I have found the experience of me engaging in the Psalms have really, really been resourceful for me. We've read today, earlier on, in the Lent reading, Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I often repeat that. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will praise you. I praise you, Lord, as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied with the riches of food. With singing lips, my mouth will give you praise. When I have those 
thoughts, and those truths come into my heart that morning. That gets me started in the right direction in terms of my, my prayer. And I move to confession. In my confession, I thank, confess to God that I'm broken. Every day, I confess that. I confess to him that I'm powerless to manage my life in my own strength. I acknowledge in my confession the God's forgiveness and grace in my life and extend that forgiveness to others. I release my bitterness to him if I have bitterness and trust that he'll bring about in his time and his will what I should do with whatever God's revealing to me at that moment. I admit my deficiencies. I admit my deficiencies and my shortcomings, my pride, my sinful tendencies. And I ask God to fill me with his Holy Spirit, replacing my character with the character of Jesus. And then I move into thanksgiving. I thank God for the day he's made, for the very breath I take. I thank him for Jesus Christ, for the Holy Spirit, for his kingdom. I thank God for his promises. I thank God for the things that have happened in my life that day and that we did the day before. I thank for him for answered prayers. And then I move into, into request, supplication. I turn my concerns and my anxieties on, over to God, trusting that he can take care of that for me. I've created a weekly schedule for myself to pray for specific areas each day of the week because there's just too many things to pray for when I think about the world and what we're, we're dealing with. So what I do is on Monday, I pray for governments. Tuesday, I pray for social justice. Wednesday, I pray for missions and ministry and so on. I've just made a way for me to be able to, to, to work, make that work into my, into my time, quiet time. So what I've wanted to do this morning is to lay some groundwork for what a quiet time is. I've wanted to uh, give you some helpful suggestions, reasons why, uh, how, you know, why we have a quiet time and daily. And then I've given you some practices, things that I've done. But I'm wanting to do, like anytime you hear someone up front giving you suggestions, you've got to make that work for you. And I hope that it will. But here's what I want to do. I want us to practice something before we go today. I want us to do a listening to God exercise. Because one of the things I've said to you this morning that I hope you'll you'll go with you is this. That coming into a daily quiet time is about you engaging with God and hearing him, what he's saying to you through his word and for you to have that conversation with God about the things that you've heard. So this is a listening to God exercise and I want to put up on the screen here uh, a verse, a couple of verses actually. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in these next five minutes in an exercise of engaging with this, this, this truth that we're hearing from Jesus. And it's something that actually fits well within what we've been talking about in these last few weeks about the unhurried life. I'll read it first, and then I'll direct you in how I'd like to proceed. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I want you now to read that yourself, just to yourself.
So as you're reading this and have read this, I want you to remember, just think about that the listeners were people just like you. They were folks in their careers, in their life, in their, whatever they were doing, they were hearing these words from Jesus, this invitation. I want you to read again. Just take the moment to read again. I want you to be, what word or phrase of this particular passage stands out to you? Where do you find yourself in this passage? Let's read that passage again. Let's do it one more time. This time, ask the question, how does this connect with my life today? And in response, what is the Spirit having to say to you specifically? And finally, resting. Do as you're led this morning. What has been speaking to your heart? There may be something specific action that he's requiring of you. It might be that you just are want to worship him more. There might be a lot of different responses, but it's an opportunity right now to sit in his presence and just enjoy the quietness, the gift that he's given to us, and the gift that he wants to bring to you in your quiet times every day. So, Father, we uh, conclude this talk today uh, trusting that our, perhaps our the dial has moved in the right direction towards wanting to have a more consistent time with you where we're free from distractions and able to engage with you and enjoy your presence and learn and grow, develop the love relationship that we have with you. I pray today, Lord, that whatever you're speaking into the lives of each person in this room, that they would be able to discern it as your voice and be able to be encouraged, be inspired. Not just to listen, but to do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. For his glory, amen.
Well, I hope that you've nothing else enjoyed this, these few moments of silence. It's been good. I hope it hasn't put you to sleep. If it has, well, I'll have to leave that with you. <laughs> However, that being said, um, let me just give you this benediction. Uh, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great day. Blessings.